A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball and, of course, the 2016 World Series champion Cubs. Hello. After a very long hiatus, this is Kent. Uh, also known as Rice Cube on Twitter. And uh, this is actually a fine excuse for me to talk to one of my oldest friends. Uh, he's not actually that old, but I mean, we've been friends since high school, basically. Walter, welcome to my podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we've been friends at this point, like 24 years so a little more than half of our no 25 years we we were there in the summer of 96 because we graduated in 97 right. yeah so we actually met at stanford of all places and uh i i've been very blessed to have you in my life and the unfortunate thing with pandemic and job and family and all the things that's happening to us is we haven't talked to each other in years uh, technically speaking, anyway, we are, we're always on like Facebook and Twitter, like kind of yammering into each other. But this is the first time I think we physically, uh, on some kind of medium, talk to each other in at least a couple of years. So how have you been, sir? I've been up and down, but all, on the whole, I've been quite well. Yeah. And yourself? I'm good. I actually uh, just got my COVID booster the other day, so my arm kind of hurts. I, I'm team Pfizer. Uh, so it, it wasn't as bad as the first time when like my arm hurt and then I had a headache and my arm kept hurting for at least 30 hours, but this one subsiding, mm -hmm. it feels a lot like the flu shot. How about you? Have you gotten the honor of being boosted yet? I, that I have, um, I'm team Moderna. Oh, that must've sucked. Really... Hmm? That must've sucked because my wife was Moderna and she, was out of commission for a couple of days even after the booster. Like the the second shot was bad, and then the booster not so much, but she was still feeling yucky for about two days. I think that's more of an immune, a personal immune system thing. Uh, I'd had no adverse effects whatsoever. The point where I'm secretly curious if they swapped me out for the control group. Oh, I hope they did it. Yeah, because that would be uh. That would at least be slightly against the Hippocratic Oath, would it not? Do no harm and stuff? Well, no, because it wouldn't be harming to anyone per se, but it would be very illegal. Yeah, yeah, we don't want that at all. So hopefully Walter has all the antibodies that he's going to need. Yeah, so uh, just uh, set up for the five people who are probably going to listen to this. Walter, you are in New York, very close to New York City. I am now in the San Francisco Bay Area, actually right across the, the bridge from San Francisco, just east of Oakland. So we are three time zones apart. 
instead of like me being in Chicago and you being just a time zone apart. So yeah, it's, it's quite a distance, but I am glad that we have technology so that we can keep in touch. Glad as well. Um, well, since we're here to talk about baseball, uh, how have the Yankees been doing? I have absolutely no idea because we're in a lockout and I'm glad you helped me segue into that. So let's, do this real quick. We just basically talked about the pand- pandemic a little bit, so maybe we could start with that. And then since uh, you're more of a casual baseball fan and this is technically a baseball podcast, thank you. Uh, we could talk about that. And uh, we can also talk about the fact that uh, nothing's going on with the Yankees right now because of a little labor dispute that uh, has been dominating the Major League Baseball news uh, waves for quite a while. So how's that for a plan, sir? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. That sounds just great. As the spring gave away to summer, past the ivy-colored dreams, toward the days that kept us yearning for tomorrow. Last year, uh, you probably at least tangentially followed baseball, you know, that uh, the baseball season didn't start until like July, basically, because of COVID and because the owners were not uh, keen on paying the players more than about 37% of the season. So that was what started the labor issues. And now the following year, actually, uh, this is this year, 2021, we were finally able to go back to at least some capacity with uh, baseball. In fact, uh, for Father's Day, my wife and kid and I, we were able to go to the Sea of Giants game when the Cubs visited for their one weekend of the year. And unfortunately, the Cubs lost, but we still had a good time. We were relatively safe. And I honestly don't know how this is possible, given how transmissible this disease is and how in contact I am with like people because I can't work remotely, but we've miraculously stayed COVID negative. Uh, We've been able to keep ourselves vaccinated. In fact, we had to uh, prove our vaccine status to be seated in a special area in, in the Giants ballpark. And we, you know, recently my wife and I got boosted. The kid, we're still waiting for official I guess, approval for uh, under 18-year-olds, but I I think it's going to be soon for him. So I I think we've been doing basically what we want to do uh, while staying safe. Unfortunately, some of the sports leagues, like, have you heard of all the uh, outbreaks going on in the other sports leagues? Because obviously baseball is not playing anything right now, but the NFL, the NHL, and NBA are all having, like, weird outbreaks going on which is causing the postponement of certain games and uh, lots of players being held in COVID protocols which honestly don't seem to be working very well. I have heard of that. I don't recall which specific players are out but I haven't noticed that COVID has been spreading a little bit more than one would expect. Yeah, it's uh, kind of annoying, too, because you go out and I I feel like I wear my mask properly. Uh, my wife and ch- uh, kid do as well. But then we go out and people are just 
hanging under their noses or not wearing anything at all. And it's like, well, that's the, basically the first line of defense and you're not even doing that. And then, uh, if you think about the way the, the mask yeah. prevents one from spreading the virus more than it prevents one from getting the virus. So if people aren't wearing their masks, then they are hurting you more than not protecting themselves. Right. But it's kind of, around here, people are pretty good at masks. Yeah. It's kind of impossible for the, um, for the professional, uh, athletes to do that though, because they, they don't play with masks on like it. Honestly, it doesn't prevent you from being able to breathe, but obviously it's also kind of difficult and not very comfortable to do a strenuous sport and have even a tiny barrier against you in taking enough oxygen. So there are lots of athletes. Uh, I can think of several, including Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving, who refuse to get vaccinated, who may have lied about their vaccine status, who continue to basically spread misinformation and it's very disappointing but if they're not taking the vaccine you'd expect them to wear their masks to stay away from people and not have halloween parties and whatnot but they're not doing that either so in my opinion if you're not going to get the vaccine at least do the other stuff that you're supposed to do but they're not even doing that and that's part of the reason why i think the the covid protocols which on paper seem pretty pretty reasonable aren't working because you're always introducing uh, people outside your bubble and those people are have a non-zero chance of getting infected and then spreading it to you, especially if you are not protected by a vaccine. Indeed. Could you elaborate a little more on um, the labor disputes that MLB is having? Is it just because they don't get paid for when they don't play? The thing that happened in 2020 is because around March, you know that the national lockdown uh, was starting. Uh, the entire world was basically doing social distancing, not going out. unless it's absolutely like essential. And then uh, also... Uh, at the, at the same time, they were starting to ramp up production of the vaccine. So until that happened, uh, first of all, you would not have any any fans in attendance because obviously you want to stay away from large crowds wherever possible, right? So with no right. fans in attendance, basically the uh, leagues were relying purely on le- uh, on television revenue and re- maybe merchandise sales. So there are no fans in stands. The NBA and the NHL, I I believe, all did that. And then MLB was unable to have fans in the stands until pretty much the postseason, because basically Texas, uh, who doesn't believe in in health and safety, allowed approximately 25 to 50 percent attendance uh, during the the. championship series and also the world series so that was about when they were able to actually get some gate receipts and concessions 
in the meantime, this, there was a 60-game season that basically said, uh, well, there are no fans in the stands, so the owners did agree to pay the players the full amount prorated for the num- number of games that they played. The problem was that uh, the players believed that they were, well, they agreed to be be paid the prorated amount for the games that were played. They uh, wanted to play more than 60 games. And so basically they, the owners ran out the clock. They kept giving them essentially BS uh, proposals up until they had no choice but to accept the 60 games. And then the owners tried to grab more concessions from the players. The, and the players kept going back to the original agreement where they said, okay, you agreed to pay us the full prorated portion and we're going to stick with that. We already signed it. If you can't give us a better proposal, we're just going to stick with that. So uh, this has been happening for pretty much the last decade, ever since the new collective bargaining agreement that started in the year 2011, uh, right around when Theo Epstein took over the Cubs. And then the same agreement was modified and uh, negotiated uh, starting around 2016. So over the last 10 years, the players have steadily been losing leverage in negotiations. They've been subject to an artificial salary cap, which never should have happened in baseball. They were that the general manager's main purpose is to try to float a good team at minimal cost. And so if you are younger, you're not going to get hurt as much and you're going to be a little healthier and you're going to produce a little better. By the time you get to be a certain age, like say 30, 31, uh, your best years as a baseball player are behind you, but that's around when the player gets a little more expensive, right? So basically the general managers are trying to get the young kids who they can pay less while staying away from the aging veterans, which kind of reflects what's happening in the workplace most of the time, like because you see a lot of older, more experienced uh, employees get laid off in favor of recent graduates who they could pay less to do the same work. And uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I think you've pretty much experienced that. And that's part of the reason why you decided to go back to school to to uh bring your your value up like i've experienced that like i have an advanced degree and i i still feel like i'm competing with the next generation for jobs that i i'm basically overqualified for but uh, that's just the nature of the workplace but baseball is a meritocracy and so if you are really really good at your sport uh you should get paid like the highest amounts, uh, uh, for example, a Bryce Harper or a Carlos Correa or what have you. But uh, most GMs are trying to stay away from that because they know that they can float a good team just by accumulating the best prospects, accumulating the best, essentially cheap labor. And that's how companies like, you know, Amazon and Facebook and and uh, what have you, they're getting richer off cheap labor, right? Yeah. Correct. But now we are in a lockout. So that is 
almost purely owner driven because a lockout, as you know, is when the locker owners figuratively and literally lock the doors so that employees can't go in. So they're doing this in before the baseball players can organize a strike within their players union. And so now there's probably an artificial uh, date or a deadline where they say, oh, okay, if we can't get an agreement by about February, then we're probably losing spring training. We're probably starting to lose regular season games. And then one, owners aren't making money, and two, players aren't getting paid. So that's that's kind of like the executive summary of all this. That was very detailed. Actually. Yeah. Well, I learned something. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I haven't been able to do this as regularly. Like I basically uh, reprioritize. Like I used to blog a lot about this stuff, and now I'm just like, well, I don't have time because I would prefer to spend time with my family and recover from my commute to work and recover from basically my job. And I, I think from from my own point of view as an employee, I feel like I would prefer not to be exploited. I, I would prefer to be given a job description and be allowed to to perform to that job and not be thrown extra work, right? And so some some of the labor issues have stemmed from players wanting more perks. But that has come at the expense of them giving up too much control over how their salaries are determined. So I think what's going to happen going forward is that the players are going to want to be uh, paid more when they are younger, when they are most productive, and for the owners to raise the luxury tax a little bit So because the luxury tax acts as like a kind of de facto salary cap. If they can raise that, then it would encourage the really rich teams like your hometown New York Yankees or the Chicago Cubs to actually spend more without fear of being penalized uh, for that tax. And honestly, the tax is just money for the first couple of years. And then after that, uh, they start losing draft picks. And uh, that that's another like a set of ideas that the players have in that you – decrease the importance of the draft as much in terms of, I, I think, how you value a trade or a, uh, a signing or a transaction. So, yeah, that, that's what unions do, right? They try to make sure that the, the employees, the members of the, that union are better protected. They are better compensated for their work. And honestly, in terms of the players, if I knew that I was paying a boatload of money for a ticket to get into the park and I knew that, you know, this money was going to be paid no matter what, I want more of it going to the players that I, I paid to see rather than the owners themselves. That's just my point of view as a fan. Of course. I think that a major problem with having such a popular sport is there is just so much money to go around and you have to make sure that it gets distributed equally. Yeah. And part of that too, is that the amount of money in the money pie that's going to the players has been shrinking over the years. 
So that's, uh, that's something else that the players want to reverse if possible. And I think there's enough solidarity in the union right now that they have a good chance of making it happen. Workers of the world, unite. You have nothing to lose but your chains. But I also don't know whether that can happen without losing losing some games. And that would also mean losing revenue and losing salary. It seems so simple from our point of view. It should be, but we uh, don't control the money. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're just peasants in the grand scheme of things. Exactly. You did ask about the Yankees. I know that your family, do they still have uh, season tickets to the Yankees or no? No, no, we don't. We uh, used to get season tickets every year as kind of a tax write-off. Okay. And we would almost never use them. Yeah, entertainment expenses. Okay. So, you know, maybe once or twice a season we would go down. And it really is amazing to see a live sport play. It's like live music. Mm -hmm. There, it's almost impossible to have a bad experience seeing a live sport. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you say that because I know that you're definitely not as big of a baseball fan as myself or our mutual friend Skyler. We've gone to a few games together. I remember when Carl graduated from Wisconsin, we went, and I'll put the game link in the show notes because I remember exactly which game I went. This is the first time we've ever been to Wrigley Field, uh, Carl being a Chicago area native. But I, I seem to recall that you fell asleep while we were watching the game. So I, I think either you were tired or you were bored. Uh, what What do you think about that? <laughs> I don't recall falling asleep. I don't usually fall asleep at baseball games. That's refreshing but to hear. I yeah, so do you remember anything from that game? It was uh, definitely June of 2001, 2001. I remember there was a, a significant amount of rain. Chicago's uh, notoriously fickle weather. Yeah, yeah, that, was. that was a very rainy day. It was like the one rainy day of the entire week we were there, and we... We got lucky and got that, but uh, they were able to play the game, and I'm pretty sure the Cubs won because I remember the game very well. We got to sing and everything, so that was nice. You you can actually talk more about Yankees games because uh, I think you you did go to another one like around 2010 when you came over for the summer because I had just had a retinal detachment and we went to a game anyway, and I got my surgery the the Monday after when, when you guys left that, that was a fun time. We, they also won, but uh, I think you have more experience going to Yankees games. So maybe you could tell me a little bit about that. Cause I've never actually been in any of the Yankee stadiums. Oh yeah. There are quite a few of them aren't there. Um, I don't know. From my point of view, it was just uh, another sports stadium. Really. There's some really expensive apartments that are right behind the bleachers. So you sometimes see people getting on their roofs roofs and stuff okay. to see the game. Yeah, but otherwise, it's just like any other large venue, as far as I know. Did you guys ever go to a 
it was it just regular season or did you also go to postseason games? Just regular season. Okay, because I thought there was like one time that you went to a postseason game and that might have been a different experience. But uh, would you say that the ballpark was always jam packed when you went? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and the parking lot afterwards. Oh, okay, because you you probably wouldn't have trained in. You would have driven. No, out. our public transportation system outside of the city isn't really that great. Yeah, that's probably a story for another day. Because I, I swear, if I if we had better public transit in the United States, I'd do that. But right now, I just you know we do have to drive because public transit around here is a joke. And outside of major cities, it, it is an absolute joke in the United States. Agreed. We were supposed to get a train to a train from up here to cross the Hudson that we could have used that would have gone down on the right on the same side of the river as the stadium, but um, per- corruption happened and nothing got done. Do you have any like uh, really specific memories of exciting things that happened at Yankee Stadium? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it would have been new Yankee Stadium that you guys would have gone to by that time because they tore down the old one and built the new one that we drove by when we visited you for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That one year. No, no, I don't, I unfortunately don't have any really specific memories. But it's, it's very interesting that you, you say like that you enjoyed yourself. I, I guess it's like the atmosphere you're with a lot of people and you just, uh, seem to have a good time, even though you don't know what's going on. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. You get to be part of a big group of people. You get to uh, feel their energy and conti- contribute your own. Would you uh, be able to describe why it is that you're not a bigger baseball fan? I'm not really a sports fan in general. Huh. I'm not exactly sure why that is. Yeah. You just go where uh, basically people tell you to go, and then you try to have fun because that's just your personality. I think that's why I've experienced yeah, I just know where the yeah. action is. But when you look on the field, you see cool stuff happen, and you're just like, yeah. But then you, because you don't have any real attachment to the players, like, so can you remember any specific Yankee you definitely know of, even though you're you're just a specific, you know, a casual fan? Um, Babe Ruth. <laughs> that was uh, way before our time, but yeah, yeah. definitely um, everybody should know that one. I'm like the Sandlot kid. You're killing me, Smalls. No, unfortunately, I um, don't really remember a specific player. I think actually one of the reasons I'm not as big a baseball fan is because I don't put the effort into it. It requires you to watch enough games that you understand how the rankings are constructed and the interplay between all the different players, and you get to know the players. Uh-huh. You get to know their names and their statistics and how they compare. And um, quite frankly, I, that mental energy is just um, hard for me to dredge up. Yeah, I totally understand. Because it does take time. And the reason why we... I haven't blogged or podcasted in months now is because I simply don't have the time. And so I'm, I'm glad that you, you mentioned that because like really it's, it's just a, 
a function of how much time and energy you have, and you just chose to prioritize yours a different way, and that's totally fine. Let Here's a question. Did you ever get to see uh, Derek Jeter play? Because that that would be yes, the most most famous uh, Yankees player of that era, and that you would definitely know of. Actually, I, I know that you you had to move back to from California back to New York in the early 2000s, so you would have been there when they won the World Series in 2009. Were you able to like watch the parade or anything? Like you had friends in the area who were really excited? No, I uh, did not participate in those festivities. <laughs> All right. All right. But it, it's kind of cool that you at least uh, got to see Derek Jeter play and you, even though you couldn't name him off the top of your head earlier, you at least like know that he exists. So that's, that's probably the, the really big one for, for that era is Derek Jeter. The name was on the tip of my tongue, but I um, didn't want to mistakenly name someone who was actually on another team. No, that happens a lot. So, yeah, because, like you said, you know, if we can grow up with the player and uh, we we can follow them on that team that we, we root for, that would be great. But nowadays, that's not going to be the case because everybody's always trying to jettison their players right before they get expensive or sign the next player and then they have to change teams. So there's a lot of movement and it's very rare to see like, you know, but Derek Jeter and Mario Rivera and Jorge Posada stay with the same team for such a long time. So that that's all Yankees. Uh, you know, I can talk about Wainwright and, and Yadier Molina who are on the Cardinals and they have been for what seems like 20 years now. Those are the rare cases now, like back in the old days, it would be very rare for somebody to be traded uh, as much as they are now. So I, I get that there's there's like a tougher way to uh, make a connection as it used to be. So here, here's a different question for you. If you were in charge as a casual baseball fan, how would you try to make it more exciting for someone who isn't as big into it like uh, you are? You're, you're a very, very casual fan. So what would you do to make it better? I don't know. might change the way the game's played. Well, actually, no, it is kind of exciting the way that it's played. I mean, it's just that uh, a lot of games I've been to uh, turned into more like home run derbies where, you know, if someone got up, they would hit a, they would hit a homer, go around the bases, and you really didn't get to see the strategy of the game play out. So, I don't know. I'd probably make the field a little bit bigger. And I would find a way to make the players more accessible or make the story, story more accessible. Um, maybe have some kind of a digest that is published quarterly that it that helps you come up to speed more quickly. Yeah. So those are more subscription based. Like uh, it, it's very rare now that you know news outlets are being bought out and you ha- everything's becoming subscription based that you 
would see that. Like uh, a lot of the free stuff obviously has ads up the wazoo because they need to pay their bills somehow. And the subscription sites are actually pretty good, like the the Athletic and Baseball Prospectus and Baseball America. But again, you have to subscribe. And if you kind of wanted to, you could go to ESPN and try to find that. I'm actually very pleased to hear you talk about the home run derby because I've thought about that for a very long time. It's like, yeah, it's great to hit a home run because, you know, that's the kind of run that you want because nobody can catch it. So it's a free run. But you'd like to see more, you know, great defensive plays. You'd like to see more hits in the gap. You'd like to see people running the bases like their hair was on fire rather than just doing a trot because nobody caught the ball. Right. So that, Exactly. That that's a very good insight from you at, for a casual baseball fan. <laughs> I keep saying that, but you, you're actually very perceptive, and I appreciate that. Uh, it's very interesting that you say that too, because part of the non-economic parts uh, uh, components of the CBA negotiations is changing the rules to make the game more exciting to grab new fans, because. Unfortunately, the fan base for baseball is trending up and more people are gravitating towards, obviously, football, baseball, or I'm sorry, basketball and even hockey. So that that is a major problem, especially since like, you know, you, you remember Deep Space Nine? Oh, yes, DS9. Yeah, because yeah. yes, uh, the, the running gag is that uh, baseball dies in 2042, and so we're a couple of labor stoppages and a boring game away from that actually happening. So they obviously need to get this more excited, especially since, like, baseball racks in so much money off merchandising and stuff. Like, uh, when you talk about accessibility of the players, they need to be marketed better because... Even though you're not a big sports fan, you definitely know who Michael Jordan and LeBron James are. Yes, I've heard them. So the fact that you very rarely can speak of an active baseball player is a bad thing for MLB. Because if even the uh, least ardent of sports fans is able to name those basketball players then that means they're doing something good with the marketing. If you can't name even one baseball player who's actively playing now, that's bad. Beauty and the history in this cathedral. The sky so blue against the grass so green. Like time stood still forever. Circling back to the season tickets, dare I ask, uh, where did you guys sit and how much did it cost? I don't remember exactly where we sat um there were good seats they were in the second tier oh, okay were you behind home plate yeah. uh, a little bit to the right of okay home plate. so those are good seats yeah but yeah i have no knowledge of how much they cost however as yeah. uh the tickets that uh season tickets in particular are very expensive uh the game pricing has been trending up for a very long time and that does go into the labor stuff because if revenues are going up and even if the owners and their accountants try to fudge the books we know that they're going up then you'd think that the players who are the product the main product should get more of the pie 
And so that's that's why I am ardently pro-player, because I, I think they deserve to be compensated well for their labor. Uh, I guess we can talk a little bit about how uh, they are compensated way more than, say, a teacher or a doctor. But at the same time, they're doing things that you or I can never, ever do because we very comparatively suck at sports. Yes. It's also difficult to pay a teacher or a doctor anywhere near that amount of money because a teacher or a doctor doesn't deal with as many clients. Yeah. The whole baseball viewing public is the client, and they are each paying into this pot of money. But let's see. If no matter what, I have to pay $100 plus potentially per ticket for my myself and my family to go into the ballpark and then I have to pay an exorbitant price like it's it's ten dollar beers and it's not even good beer right uh so I'm I don't ever drink at the ballparks for that reason it's just like not a cost-effective strategy if I'm paying that much I'd want it to know that a lot of it is going towards the players themselves because they're they're what I'm most interested in watching right they're what you came to see. Exactly. And uh, hopefully this this actually ends up uh, working out. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to negotiate until at least January. Uh, they probably won't really ramp up negotiations until they're hitting the cusp of spring training. But I've been wrong many, many times before, and I hope that I'm, we are all pleasantly surprised because it would be a good idea for them to fix this sooner rather than later so they don't lose the fans uh, that they're trying to keep so that they, they, they can continue making money. And continue making good baseball. Exactly. Through the good times and the bad times We stood beside you every day Till now our dreams have gone unclaimed Actually, I kind of wonder, like, would... Our attitudes change if we actually had those billions of dollars? Hmm. Now, that's a good question. I don't think so, because, I mean, well, I don't have the personality to earn a billion dollars. If I did, my attitude would definitely change. Yeah. But if I were to just, you know, windfall, have that amount of money, I would still remember my roots. I feel like if I was born into billions of dollars... I would probably have kind of the upbringing that allowed you to get those billions of dollars, which seems kind of cutthroat and impersonal. And I, I feel like I wouldn't like myself very well. Like if I was looking at myself in a different lens, as I am now. If the ghost of Christmas future took you, showed you a vision of yourself as a billionaire. Yeah, I wouldn't like it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind having all that money because then I'd have the opportunity to actually volunteer my time to educate and, and help people. But at the same time, I don't think I'd be the kind of person that I am. And that that is kind of sad to think about. Yeah. Unfortunately, your mind is shaped by um, your uh, formative experiences in your youth. And as a billionaire, you would, instead of learning how to say, catch a ball or um, play baseball, you'd be learning how to corporate raid and um, leverage buyout. 
So here, here's uh, another thing that I've been thinking about because this has come up a lot, and I, I think we had a discussion about this, but money being an artificial concept, all this inflation with our wages stagnating is very bad. Like I am actually kind of fearful for the day when, you know, it'll take me uh, $10 to buy a loaf of bread or something like that. And you see gas prices and that's why I switched to an electric car and uh, also rent and everything. They're, they keep going up, but you're not getting the same value for your book. So I, I think we had sort of talked about deflation, but that that's also part of the reason why uh, some of these players are getting paid so much is because they know the kind of value that they will get. And the fact that the billionaires have so much more money than they're paying out, you, you kind of wonder why they're hoarding all that money. Like you can't take it with you. So what, what's the point, right? Right. Well, it's a game. Whoever dies with the most money wins. Yeah. Or do they, you know, because what, what happens after you die? But again, that's a different story for another day. Well, also, well, why do the players want so much money if you can't take it all yeah. with you? Well, uh, I'll tell you this from kind of personal experience because I used to coach baseball with uh, the high schools that I worked with. And so I would play with them uh, in scrimmages. I would catch bullpens. And I'll tell you, uh, uh, you know who the catcher is in baseball, right? He's the guy with the mask and all the body armor. And he catches the ball from right. the pitcher. Squatting for even an inning or two really burns your quads and, and calves. It's really, really taxing. So imagine having to do that 120 games out of the year, uh, out of 162. And then imagine that, like, when you throw a baseball, it taxes your arm, and there is a potential that you could injure yourself. So part of the compensation is knowing that, one, you're not going to play this game forever because of wear and tear. Two, there's a lot of damage that's being done to your body over the course of 162 games over X number of years. And so they want to maximize their earning potential over that short career time. Because if I were, say, a mechanic or doing what I am now, I could do it for 20, 30, 40 years. Baseball players cannot play for, uh, on average, much more than five years because of the fact that someone's always gunning for their job and also because of injury, because of age and all the, those things. So you, you kind of condense your life's earnings in those five years, and that's part of the reason why they get paid that much. The other is just it's an entertainment sport, right? So people are paying, like you said earlier, for the opportunity to watch world-class athletes play. And so that's part of their compensation is the fact that they are the product. And that's really the, the simple way to look at it. That's unfortunately also why it's so hard to convince the public that uh, the players are in the right because they're, they're paid so much more than you and I. But again, they're not paid for as long. And most of them actually aren't paid very well at all. Uh, especially in the minor leagues in the majors, like the, the minimum salary is about, uh, 580,000 right now. And they, they probably want to raise it in the next CBA negotiation, but $580,000 in a year, uh, you take away half of that in taxes at least. 
and then you're looking at like, you know, 300K, how long can you realistically live in this economy on 300K? 300K, um, probably about like three years, four years. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's part of the reason why they want to make sure they get paid as much as possible in the amount of time that they have. And it makes sense for us too, right? Like we're, you know, grunt workers in the economy. We want to get compensated a certain wage so that we can make sure that everybody has clothes and gets fed. And it would be kind of nice if, uh, if they would raise wages for a lot of the now essential workers, because like you're looking at coffee baristas and, and grocery workers, they honestly should be paid more because stores and services don't work without them. So in a way, it's kind of interesting that this pandemic happened so that people's eyes are more open by the fact that, you know, every job is essentially essential. Yes. And a big thank you to all the essential workers out there uh, keeping our stores open and our coffee foamy. Uh, yeah. Uh, you heard that Starbucks is uh, unionizing? Yeah. Yes. And I think at some point Amazon workers might try as well, although they, th- th- I, I guess as an employer, it's much easier to quash a union than for the employees to start one. So that's, that's kind of rough, but I'm glad something is persisting and, uh, you know, even Bernie is, uh, getting into the act for, for the Starbucks workers. Uh, my wife quit Starbucks a while ago because of, uh, various factors, mostly because the working conditions were not ideal. And so it, it's good to see that there's going to be some representation to get them what they need in order to function well at, in the workforce. Indeed. They have some good lights near you, too, because you're near Silicon Valley. You get all the um, highly compensated engineering types. Yes. So there's a lot of huge houses around here, and some of them have some beautiful lights. I also kind of shudder to think about the electric bill (laughs) that they have. (laughs) Like, we uh, just have the tree and a little Yeti that my wife got from Target outside our door. So that's kind of fun. But uh, I think we're okay with our small, smaller, relatively speaking, electric bill. What about you guys? When are you guys decorating? Um, we put out the deer today. Well, we be in Cortland. <laughs> so uh, he put out the deer. And um, tomorrow we're probably going to wrap some of the bushes with lights. Okay. Uh, put up the artificial trees or uh, get a real tree. Well, it's only a week till Christmas, so <laughs> better late than never, guys. Yeah. Wow. Well, no, we put up both. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you still have that uh, weird random balcony that nobody can get to unless you have a ladder? And do you yes. throw a tree yes, up do. there? We throw. We usually put three trees okay. up there. Uh, I'm glad you can do that without hurting yourselves. <laughs> yeah, I am as yeah. well. So that that's good. That'd yeah. be quite a fall onto hard tile. Yeah. Well, you you have plenty of space in that foyer. Just uh, get like uh, one of those uh, stuntman airbags. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps for Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah ask uh, 
the great Aloysius about that. I, I hope he is doing well. Is he retiring yet? He is doing well. He is not retiring. Uh, he has scaled back his work uh, load mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, he's a very hardworking man. Uh, I guess he he should enjoy some some time. Like, uh, uh, Whitney's still come to visit with the grandchildren. Yes. So yes, it's a grandpa does. and grandma. Forward yeah. To that. that. Yeah. You're chugging along. I'm chugging along, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad to be able to speak with you again. We should do this again as kind of a regular thing because. I, I just need to find a way to get back in touch with my friends because I realize that it, with the pandemic and all the stuff that all the distance that's between us, I, I've been very bad at, at keeping touch with a lot of my my friends that I've made over the years. So that's something that I need to fix. I would think the pandemic would be uh, a good time to catch up with everybody else because you don't have anything else to do really yeah i i think so, it's just tiresome no, man because like uh, i go to work and then i come home and i try to avoid everybody like we're gonna see spider-man tomorrow but omicron's out there so it's just like well we're we're gonna sit in the theater with our masks on and hope to god that we don't like breathe in something weird even though we're we're all doubly vaccinated, you know boosted but I guess we got to continue living our lives and hope for the best and hope that everybody does what they're supposed to, to so that we finally get out of this thing. Right. Or then the Chinese terrorists win. That's not how it works, man. No, not at <laughs> all. I was trying to make a joke about how um, COVID was designed to destroy the U.S. Because if you think about it, the U.S. is the perfect country for COVID to target. Because, uh, you know, everybody here is all, you know, my freedoms and would rather infect a million people than inconvenience themselves by wearing a mask. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, man, like when I was working in production, uh, my previous company, I would wear the mask for 10 plus hours a day. And then, you know, at some point I was just like, Hey, you know what? There's no reason for me to work this hard. Like, I, I feel like I'm a hard worker and I, I feel like I'm competent in my job, but I don't, I simply do not like to be exploited. And so at some point I was just like, I've had enough. I'm doing a different job. And this one gives me a little more freedom. I wish they weren't let me work remotely so that I wouldn't have to, you know, keep charging my car as much. But otherwise, you know, it's, it's been pretty good, good to me. And I, I did tell you that we got acquired, right? By a bigger company? Uh, no, you did oh, not. Okay. Uh, I, well, congratulations. I guess I forgot to mention that on the Facebook, or maybe I decided not to because, like, I only mentioned that on the LinkedIn. But yeah, yeah, we basically got acquired, and now we're in a transition period where nobody knows what the heck's going on. So that's kind of exciting in both good and bad ways. At some point, I hope they pay me more. I hope so as well. Because that's that's a thing that. The parents used to tell you, right? If you just work really, really hard, eventually people will pay you more, and eventually you'll be successful. And just like, no, that's not really how it works. You sit on a throne of lies. Yep, my parents taught me that too. A little later on. But uh, you're you're getting there. I I think I will get there eventually as well. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. I think we should definitely try to do this again, and then uh, we can do like a combo 
baseball and real life thing. It's just fun to have a cool conversation with an old friend. Maybe, maybe if uh, Skyler is not, you know, doing his lasers thing uh, as a postdoc, uh, he he can maybe join us one of these days, and we'll just catch up on stuff. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I, I did like those games that we were able to go to, though, with uh, Carl and Sky uh the baseball stadium. Like, I, I tried not to drag you to it too much because I know you, you're not as big into baseball, but I'm glad uh, to hear that you actually did enjoy yourself because oh, it would be very annoying to me if you, you just sat there and were bored to tears. Uh, I, I, I always want my friends to have fun. And I'm glad that, to hear that you had fun. Double thumbs up. Double thumbs up. And as you raise that flag forever, only you can let Well, I guess I'll need to uh, prepare myself for the next one of these, perhaps uh, study a little baseball. Oh, I mean, there's unfortunately not very much to watch right now because we are in a lockout. Uh, there was the previous season uh, that ended... Uh, you know, just before November uh, this year. So you can always look up YouTube videos. Uh, I, I guess one of the things that would be more helpful to you guys is, uh, do, you, do you guys have cable in in your house? Yes. Or, okay, you haven't cut the cord yet. So you probably have the Yes Network and SMY, so you can watch Yankees and Mets games or highlights. Yes. Um, you you can look them up on YouTube or MLB.com. I I actually don't know. I haven't been there lately, but I think they might have had to pull a lot of videos because uh, they're not allowed to use player likenesses uh, during the lockout. Oh, when they're not paying them. Exactly. Yeah. So that that might be a little harder. But, you know, uh, you don't have to do anything related to baseball. I'll figure something out on that end. But we can talk about life. Uh, we can actually talk a little bit about, you know, the human condition. And basically, like, you know, if people if people want to listen, they can. Otherwise, you know, this is a very cool medium for me to continue keeping in touch with my friends. I think that that would be really nice. All right. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with hey, me. Hey, thanks for inviting me. It was quite an experience. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever done a podcast before? You you got to have. No, right? I don't really? think I have. Really? But you're you're so techie. You're a shrug. <laughs> All right. I never really felt like I had an hour's worth of stuff to say, you know? Well, you know, like it, it's kind of like if we are ever able to go to a bar together, uh, this is kind of kind of things that we would talk about. So I, I feel like that's, that's kind of natural. You. Maybe it's social anxiety or something like that. Huh. As they say, practice makes perfect. And maybe we can practice our conversations like we used to do when we were young and spry instead of old and having to, you know, uh, every time I move, I, I think it, it, it's like bubble wrap. It's bad. <laughs> Get an old man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> uh. Well, this has been... Amazingly, episode number 50 of the new Dreamcast, uh, after m- multiple hiatuses, hiatusai, hiatai, hiata. What is the plural hiatus? I think it's hiatuses. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. But, uh, I'm very happy to have 
talked to one of my oldest and best friends, Walter. I hope for the best for you and your family uh, as we celebrate the Christmas slash holiday season. We did miss Hanukkah, so sorry to all our Jewish friends. Uh, uh, happy Kwanzaa and Diwali and all that stuff. And happy New Year to you, Walter. And to you, Ken. All uh, right. May it be a prosperous one. I hope so for you as well, my friend. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter, sir? Uh, what the number four and Prez, P-R-E-Z. All right. Yeah, because uh, you were born here, so you can be president. I was not, so I can never be. And so, so we'll, we'll see what happens. I would probably vote for you. You can find me on Twitter at Cubic Sarconia, the official World Series Dreaming uh, Twitter, which... You know, it's updated whenever I remember is at WSDreaming underscore Cubs. Uh, same thing on the Instagram. And you can find us on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash WSD.Cubs. Uh, we no longer have WorldSeriesDreaming.com because Ben didn't want to pay the GoDaddy fee. And I don't blame him because he has a family to raise and it made no sense when we weren't updating it all the time. So you can find us now at chicagonow.com slash world-series-dreaming. And this will be up there. We'll have links. Uh, thanks to Rich Deanna for our theme song and Randall Sanders for pulling the final out from the 2016 World Series. Uh, please rate and share this if you can even find it on Apple Podcasts. And you can email us at worldseriesdreaming at gmail.com. And if Ben sees it, he'll forward it to me. Otherwise, whatever. But, yeah, thanks a lot for hanging out with You're us. You're welcome. Lots. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good luck to the Yankees whenever this lock, lockout ends. Good luck to the Cubs as well. Hopefully they actually spend some money because they're charging way too much for tickets. And uh, go Cubs. It was more than just a Hello. Whoa, that—that that is definitely not where you're living. <laughs> what are you? You're surprised by my new um, downtown loft? Yes. Oh yes, Casa del Watt. Okay. I also yeah. traveled back in time, so the sun is up. <laughs>